Hello and welcome to Trax, Brighton's premier music podcast. I just happen to be Tim. And I, I think, am Harry. You are right <laughs> in thinking that. I can confirm for you, my friend. Cheers. And this is episode number 74. What have we got coming up this week? This week we are going into film soundtracks, something I've wanted to talk about for a long time, and eventually, finally, we do. Yes, it's a world... To which I am not really privy most of the time, but I make a good old hash of it. You make a, you have a good college try. <laughs> For hash brown. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that's the college try. Thing. I was no, like, I was still on the hash. <laughs> yeah. I have a corned beef hash. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a load of fun actually. Yeah. Um, we learn some things. We get some recommendations of music and films. What more could you want? And I'm going to say I enjoyed our musical highlights of the week too, which are coming up. Very, very soon. So soon, in fact, that I can't even be bothered to say anything more in this intro. So I'm going to <laughs> ask you, Harry, where will we see them? Tim, we are going to see them on that flippin' flippity flip-flop side. Shall we begin? Let's begin now. You alright, mate? Hello there. How's it going? Uh, things are going very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm very, very well. Good. Slash a little bit tired, but yeah, feeling good. Um, um, what's the word? Um, not drained. A little bit drained. A little bit fatigued. Fatigued. That's the one I'm losing. That's really? the one I meant. <laughs> I mean, it's not looking good for us for this week, considering we're recording this on a Monday night, listeners. Yeah. Slash, you know, ju- <laughs> just a number of hours before you're listening to this. Um, if we're already tired and like not holding up to the rigours of the working week by Monday night, then... What are we going to be like by Friday? It's been a tricky week and a bit. Uh, You've been poorly. You've been poorly I've sick. I've been poorly. Have we recorded since I got back from Ireland? No, we haven't actually. No. Let's, okay. let's hear those tales. Uh, there's no no tales really. It's just we, I went to Ireland for work and it was really good. Um, met some fun people. Met the most stereotypically Irish person in my life who everything he said was probably the funniest thing anyone has ever said. <laughs> And I just sat there and laughed at him for three days. Nice. Big full beard, illustrator. Very, very cool guy. Nice. Um, yeah, Ireland was nice. Took a plane home on my own for the first time. First ever solo plane. I've never done a solo plane yeah. journey either. I think I'd be, like, scared. It is quite scary. I'm not a nervous flyer at all either, but I feel like just the fact that I was on my own would freak me out. Yeah, it, it did freak me out. I got there really early, just waited and there were loads of other people there, obviously. It was a plane. Um, but there's just something about it that was just like... Ugh. Like, I'd rather die with all my family on board <laughs> than <laughs> die like that. Maybe it sounds weird, but I think everyone would, would understand. I that. kind of know what you mean. Although, that yeah. being said, I... Well, not about the dying thing. I'm moving on from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Probably best. Um, no, just like travelling on my own, I really quite like... Like if I know that I've got yeah, like a certain amount of journey coming up, when like when I came back from my mum's a couple of weeks ago, mm. I knew I had like a three-hour train, no changes, just sit down, get my mm. seat, get comfortable, brought like the food that I wanted to eat and the drink I wanted for it, and just settled in. And yeah, I was just nice. like, oh, I love this. Like it was during a day when I would normally be working as well. I think it was like Friday afternoon, and I was just sitting there thinking, this is so much better than working or doing anything. I'm I'm having the time of my life. Yeah, I think I had one back from uh, Crew. I think, that was like a two-hour journey. Yeah. And it was in this kind of, I think it was like a Marks and Spencer's train. <laughs> it just looked like they made it, like, do you know what I mean? When you walk into Marks yeah. and Spencer, well, you'd know. Well, but um, I'd know, right? Um, and it's kind of like glass and like dark colours and oh, stuff. Nice. And they had these big tables and nice. big seats yeah. Um, to the point where I got in, I was like, I think I'm in the first class bit. I must be. Just <laughs> waiting for someone to kick me out for two hours. Had a nice sleep. It was, yeah, it's wonderful. But with planes, it's an hour journey on a plane, which isn't too pleasant because it's small. And I had, you know, a, quite an unpleasant guy next to me. Okay. Um, just in terms of, was in a lot of my seat. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Um, a large is it? <laughs> yeah. And then you've got the getting there and getting back when you get home. This just like, it takes up your whole day. Yeah, that, that's the yeah. thing I don't like about plane travel is like you always think, well, by the time, when you're going somewhere, like you've 
already been traveling for so long by the time you've actually sat down on the plane and then when you land at the airport you think oh right i'm here now and then you've got like two hours at least until you're getting on with your life mm. standing around for bags and oh. yeah luckily i had no luggage to get train was cancelled so i had to my mate picked me up which is lovely got subways and then the next day i was ill <laughs> so <laughs> it was a bit of a shit week but also very good uh, nice yeah you been up to anything um well again since we last we last uh spoke i've been off saving the world obviously it was twt the world transformed um so i was off like uh, dancing with the shadow cabinet and yeah every time i like text you and like to say something or ask something you'd just be like i'm i'm with corbin and we're on the beach and we're having <laughs> mojitos and ice cream it was, you'd always have some weird thing that was happening at the time it was so good it was one of my favorite four-day periods in brighton ever so many amazing speakers and interesting people and uh so exciting and empowering and just like i felt i've left feeling very inspired so we both for the same four days basically were listening to talks uh yeah yeah it's quite good isn't it yeah we we must be more intelligent now (laughs) received wisdom from how it works yeah Uh, we've soaked it all up and we are here to deliver an even finer quality product than ever before (laughs) yeah uh, well, fingers crossed anyway. Mm-hmm. Should we get into it? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You ready? That's what we do. Yeah. And there's a good reason why we should get into it, actually, because we are very much listeners on a clock to go and pick up some sushi immediately after this recording session. We need to race through. Pray for us while you're listening at home. <laughs> right. So beginning of highlight section here. Um, my highlight today, Tim, and it's actually been trickier than oh, any week I can currently remember. Because I feel like I, that can't be true. It is. No, in terms of there being so many things. That oh, I wanted loads to talk of things. About. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. I thought you meant like nothing. No, that's often the case. <laughs> and I, I come to it quite late. Um, but there were so many things I kind of wanted to talk about. And just on the way down here, there was this new chance, the rapper song that he yeah. put out of a live performance. And I was like, that's cool. I'm going to do that. And then I'm I'm gonna stumble back on my official idea, which is a new album uh, released last Friday uh, by Jordan Rakai. He is on to his second, I believe, full-length LP after the first uh, Cloak, which had a song on it called Midnight Mischief, which people might be aware of. That's probably what made him uh, kind of big and. Uh, Tom Mish, I think, did a remix of the track, which is probably where you're most likely going to know that. Um, So he does actually come from around that um, group of people. He's one of those people that's kind of born with all of the talents. Right. The ones who... Those multi-instrumentalists. Kind of a jazzy, hip-hop-y vibe. So when I say names like Lorcana, FKJ, these kind of people, these smooth... Okay. Musicians, these smooth okay. cats. Cats. Oh, and the cat walks past. <laughs> so that was a well smooth timed. cat. <laughs> One hell of a smooth cat. Um, so, yeah, this new album came out last week. Um, the album is called Wallflower. And it's just um, really kind of, I say, easy listening in a way of just chilled. Nice to listen to. I was talking to Sarah today at work about these songs that can engage you and sit with you nicely, maybe while you're working. And some just get at you a bit too much and you've got to turn them off. Some just kind of get lost. And this one was enough to kind of keep you engaged, but also had enough, like, interesting qualities to it, melody-wise, instrumental-wise. Vocals are absolutely superb from this guy. Like, he's... Just smooth, really, really nice. Uh, I think he's from originally New Zealand, moved to Australia, so he's an Australian act. Uh, I think Thomas and that are all London, but uh, he's London based now. Nice, assuming um, <laughs> that was made up. Tim. <laughs> <laughs> Spurious uh, facts. <laughs> yeah. He's from Jamaica. His <laughs> mum's 
Dutch. <laughs> Why not? Um, so it's what eleven songs. Um, it's really nice. I, I wanted to play one in particular, which is called Nerve, and it's uh, one of the ones that got me to stop what I was doing at the time. Really nice vocal. Again, just definitely go and check this one out if you want that kind of relaxed but still interesting enough. Like I always found Lil Kana's album interesting because yes it was a rap album. Yes it was, you know, technically a hip hop album, but it had all these jazzy instrumentals and things that were just kind of Yeah, that kind of Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Easy. Easy like a Sontag Morgan. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Um so yeah I'm gonna play Nerve by um Jordan Rakai from the album Wallflower. Nice. Let's give it a listen. How can I find a reason to love you when I don't love myself? Oh. How can I find a reason to love you when I don't love myself? Oh. How can I find a reason to love you when I don't love myself? God find a reason to love you if I don't love myself. Oh. Yeah. You're right. Do you need a hug? No, I'm alright, thanks. <laughs> that was cool though. I like that track. Yeah? To, to move on quickly <laughs> from the introspection. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was good. I liked the kind of. Uh, there was. There was a, a hint of some funk about to come in, yeah. but never quite. Um, sort of. Which bears its blew soul. Up. Uh, later on kind of in the album or just yeah. in different parts of the album yeah so there's hints there because it you know he follows that kind of route yeah that was cool yeah nice little tune yeah I will be checking the album out nice one again uh, Wallflower Wallflower the perks of being one a little hint for what we're talking about later there guys <laughs> um, so yeah <laughs> moving on to you Tim Okay, so for my musical highlight of the week, I'm going way back to 2008 uh, to find a Swedish artist called Lee Licky Timotej Zakrinsson, also known as Licky Lee. Um, Easier. Never knew that the second middle name is Timotej. T-I-M-O-T-E-J. Interesting. I thought Tim was a really masculine name. Turns out a lady's got it. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you out there are listening and thinking, we all know Licky Lee. She's been around for ages. Brilliantly kind of um, unique, softly spoken vocal over like kind of dreamy indie pop, but like very much pop, like electronica kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to go back to last week's episode, had songs on FIFA, been all over the place, well known. And the album that I'm particularly talking about, Youth Novels, is an album that I remember from the time being hugely, hugely into, um, absolutely loving it. Songs like uh, Dance, 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 A Little Bit, um, Tonight, Hanging High, like loads of singles which got a load of airplay and were pretty big. You're probably thinking, why the hell am I talking about it then? Well, because, as we've spoken about before, like... Now that generally we kind of download music or get digital versions of music, so we're not necessarily buying LPs all the time, mm. you can always like forget about albums. And it's something that it's an album that I'd just forgotten about for maybe seven, eight years, probably since I last listened to it. Just happened to stumble upon it again last week. Went and listened to it. Went through, remembered all the songs, and then there was one particular song, which is right towards the end. I think it's the second to last song, and I, I swear to you now. I'd never heard it before. Or at least I thought I'd never heard it before. I thought it had been like some bonus track that has been spot- added on by Spotify. Turns out it's not. It's been there the whole time. And I've somehow, it completely passed me by seven years ago. Or eight years ago. How long ago? Nine years ago, 2008. Nine years ago. That's a long time. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it must have just been that I wasn't... It didn't do it for me then. Mm. But now listening through to the album this particular song was by far 
my favourite on the whole record. That's interesting, because, like, often I'll find that some songs don't mean much to me in certain parts of my life, as opposed to others, because of usually lyrics. Yeah. That's one of the main things that jumps out at you, because it's something you can easily relate to. But it's interesting to, well, assuming this is the case anyway, know that somebody could just not be into something based on just its tone and just its musicality. Yeah, I mean, I don't know I don't know what it was, but like I say, the, the song just before it and the song just after it, I remember both of them as well. Like, this, something strange has happened. But lyrically, it is really interesting. It talks about, like, um, feeling quite... It's, it's basically about being on a night out, feeling like, uh, for whatever reason, you, you don't want to join in, but everyone else does. Like, everyone mm. wants to... Everyone else is drinking and dancing and having a good time and you're just feeling like oh I can't do this um, it's called Everybody But Me and it's just like this wonderful sweet lovely amazing song which I just can't stop listening to um, and yeah I just think that's really interesting I, it kind of made me think about all these albums that I loved years ago and what I think of as like the big hits off them or the songs that really stand out to me as like you know whoever it is um, you know that was their great tune on that one big album they had mm. it makes me wonder like how many songs by artists that I think I'm aware of actually if I just left behind when I could love them now in a different stage in my life so I think maybe it's going to be like a bit of a trigger to go and search out for this kind of stuff because obviously nine years ago you know I was I was just 17 very different person than I am now in a yeah. lot of ways so yeah I think we should have a little listen this is Licky Lee with Everybody But Me by the fellas who got the look in the eye They wanna take me home without knowing my name They wanna put me home to the night Know is that I'm not like the others And everybody's lonely I don't want to Everybody's lonely I don't want to And everybody's lonely I don't want to Everybody for me And everybody's drinking I don't want to That was Licky Lee, everybody but me. Any thoughts on that, Harry? Um, I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> don't have to have any thoughts on it. No, I mean, I don't actually have much to say about Licky Lee. It's, it's not somebody that I've um, looked into. I think she might have been nominated for a Mercury Awards one year. Uh, probably not as a Swede. Oh. Probably... No, I'm thinking of FKA Twigs. Oh, yeah, that's someone completely different. Yeah. Very, very different, in fact. Yeah. Um... um Licky Lee, though, no, not not a lot to go on with her actually. No, well, maybe then. But I liked it. Yeah, maybe then there's something more for you to go and uh, delve into. Certainly, the kind of a lot of the kind of thing that you like that that kind of um, pace, um, sort of ambience to it. Mm. Uh, a lot of her stuff is more that end of the spectrum. Um, I think there'd be a lot there that you would particularly would like. Cool. Nice. Well, that brings us to the end. Of the musical highlights of the week. Mm. <laughs> I didn't think of the tones before I started. <laughs> On October the third, he asked me what day it was. It's October the third. It's October the third today, Tim. It is, yeah. Uh, some people will know why I did that. <laughs> Not me. And some people won't. So um, it's a thing that is from Mean Girls, the film, and it's a thing that I mean, I personally haven't seen the film. No, oh. and no, exactly. You, had, you well, were the one who brought this up. This is the thing. Every bloody October third, I hear this muttered. I have obviously I've lived with people that are big fans of this film. Uh, I don't think this is bad to say, but I've lived with three girls for five years of my life and they have all talked about this film and they love it and what you should say about this October the third thing uh, there's a point to this Tim um, yes. films films <laughs> that's where we're so coming back to it's October the third today and this is what basically me and Tim are trying to come up with some what we things for the today's episode I literally googled films. October 3rd oh, that's what I do for nearly first. every episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That thing came up first. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, so we're going to do something that I've wanted to do for, well, 73 episodes 
every week I'm like Tim can we do this and he bats me down he just it's not true chokes me and says we're not doing it I mean last week was the one that you wanted to do for 72 episodes you kind of wanted to do both <laughs> yeah three, so we're getting my ideas out of, the, out of the way three themes listeners Harry's always wanted to do one FIFA to space just something about space <laughs> it's coming <laughs> and apparently this one but I've never heard it mentioned we've come close to space didn't we yeah and then we in a real moment of desperation yeah I don't know what we were going to do but I think notoriously um, or infamously the episode we did do was bad <laughs> yeah it was Woodstock we did oh, was Woodstock it? instead yeah <laughs> okay so you'll know that one um, <laughs> So, obviously, film music is kind of my wheelhouse, um, having got a job in it, um, having, just today, finding out that I'm going to be doing my first uh, music All right, humble brag. supervision on a short film. Uh, humble brag, I like that. Yeah. That's a good name for a cat. <laughs> All right, humble brag. That's not really, is it? No, it's good. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, yeah, film music has always been something that I've always loved like you could even say that well I will say that I always had two passions in life which was music and kind of film and space and space (laughs) FIFA (laughs) FIFA Um, and as a kid not ever really knowing what to do I, I was never quite into cinematography and filmmaking I was never really technically there and I've always had an interest in it but my, most of my loves uh, landed in music. Yeah. So well, when I found like a film out, course and stuff, I did do a film course, and you know I've got certain skills, but it was never really number one. I've got a certain set of skills. <laughs> Look at you quoting a film you probably haven't seen. <laughs> no, God, I haven't seen that. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is something that is quite dear to me, and I and I love kind of soundtracks uh, and scores, of course. But um, picking a good soundtrack for film and ha- seeing a film where the music. Uh, kind of takes um, a centre, not centre, but is a main role. A lot of people say that a setting can be almost like a character in a film. I think sometimes music is underplayed. Um, people don't really realise how important it is until a film has bad music on it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's one of uh, like I. I'm going to put this out there right now. I know very very little about films. Haven't yeah. seen many films. But I do listen to a certain film podcast, and what I always find really interesting is that the film expert reviewer guy, Mark Kermode, he very often mentions the soundtrack Mm. or the score in a film as like a real key part of it. And I always kind of think, like, the films that I really like, a lot of them, I can't really think what any of the sounds like. Like, Obviously, there's something like Birdman, where it's very clear what a big part of the music plays. But then something else, like... Often you it it just completely blows over me. It's like you'd only really notice if it was a bad choice. Yeah, well, but I mean, some of the best uses of music in film are not recognised straight away. Yeah. It's it's a good thing if you go through a film without really noticing. Yeah, I kind sometimes. of I kind of think that. It's like, Especially when it comes to score. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You want it to kind of guide you along with it, not stand out as much. Sure, but you know, I just have to put this out there. I'm. I'm not going to say anything nearly as smart as Mark Commode when it comes to films because I like watching films and I like films and I like getting into them and seeing new releases and things. But I, you know, technical th- t- things, technical things, technical things. You know, I have no idea. No. But um, you're going to take us away with your first pick. I am. Tim. And as I say, I don't really know what I'm doing here, guys. How would you describe my uh, film watching, film knowledge? I think you're very picky with your films. Yeah. You you will watch a film if it stands out or something that you'll like. Or, you know, I wouldn't even say... I don't think you can be pretentious with... You can be pretentious with filmmaking, but, you know, you you tend to like kind of indie films, low-budget yeah. things as well. Like, you, you are just very, very selective, I think. I think so. I think I like... Yeah. I... Knowing what I'm going to pick, I think I'm going to come across as a massive hipster, which I, there's nothing I can do about that. But like, I like a kind of bit of nuance, and like, um, actually, I don't often need that much to happen. Like for me, my worst nightmare films are the ones where everything's blowing up and whoosh, all that 
I'm, stuff. I'm like, the same. Like I don't that. like things like Avengers. I don't like yeah. those kind of films. I, I sometimes some of my favorite films are just slow. I, I've watched films with people before. Yeah. And they say nothing happened. I'm like, I know it was great. Yeah. Well, like that. <laughs> there was that book. The film that you made me watch, which I'm not picking today, but you mm. made me watch it maybe a year ago, maybe a bit less. Which was like that guy and the author. Yeah, the something tall. Yeah, and barely anything happened in that, End and I really enjoyed it. It was brilliant. It yeah. was just all about them talking. It was yeah, dialogue just, heavy. Yeah, just like an exploration of people. Like, yeah. I like that. I like Character that. studies, those kind of things. Yeah. So, Character development, that's a big one. That's the thing. And I think that's probably why, I mean, obviously, my attention span doesn't help. But I think that's probably why, a big part of why I don't, I'm not necessarily that into films is because so much of the stuff that you hear about and you see the adverts for, I'll go and see and I'll just think, oh, mm. that was just like an assault on my senses and it just did my head in well the, I mean there's big things about um, you'll know this because Commode kind of says it and it's something I very much agree with things like Transformers you yeah. know Michael Bay yeah, who <laughs> who tries to force you to know what's happening in the film it yeah. dumbs down the audience and yeah, it's, exactly. it's, you know it's him saying look at this this is I watched um, Fantastic I saw on Netflix Fantastic Four was on them. I was like ah, I'll watch that because it's got um, what's his face in it which I like the guy that was in um, the drumming film um, what's the drumming film called oh um, Whiplash Whiplash yeah so it had him in it and I was like I'll watch it and there were times when <laughs> so like that something was happening in the distance like this big man was like ascending and they would just be like look the man is up there that we need to get yeah they were like let's go and get him and it's like oh <laughs> yeah. this is awful yeah. I hate this I hate that yeah I hate that like uh, I need it to feel... I need things to feel authentic and real. Otherwise, I, it just... Yeah. Even if... Like, one of my films, Picks, is a film I love and actually becomes completely surreal and you're not really sure what's real and what isn't. Mm. But it sort of takes place within the real world. If it if it's just madness, then it's not going to do it for me. Yeah. Anyway, we're not a film podcast. We're a music podcast, so let's get into it. Yes. Um, I'm going to start in... The place where you're all going to expect me to start. One, because I've talked about it before. Two, because like I say, I'm a hipster and it's the hipster's choice, the go-to. We're talking Wes Anderson. Um, Not only because I think his films are great and just like totally entertaining. The soundtrack's always filled with really intriguing stuff. And he does what I would do um, in his position. He just stuffs his films with music that he loves. Like, Mm. it's your opportunity to do that so why wouldn't you um and but also as a designer as someone who cares about visuals like it's gonna say it it just looks amazing everything he ever does is so perfectly i was gonna say that probably the one thing that sticks out as to for you liking Wes anderson films is the way they look how aesthetically perfect they are did you see his um h&m christmas effort yeah so amazing and he's got such a unique uh way of expressing himself visually that you know has been ripped off to hell since but i mean i love all his films but in particular i like his stop motion obviously isle of dogs is yeah. just it's in the trailer yeah of course I've seen so the trailer. it looks amazing i cannot wait although it's like six months away still but like, that's mm-hmm. the only time i'll ever get excited over a film is this like i genuinely mm-hmm. cannot wait to watch that um but his other major animated piece was fantastic mr fox and it's probably my favorite film ever in fact, it is my favourite film ever. There's no problem about it. I just adore it. I've watched it hundreds of times. I could watch it right now. <laughs> and it will hold my attention. Not many other things do. Um, it's just brilliant. It, obviously, it's a kid's film, so I probably should grow up a little bit. But it's kind of not, because he he's, does that thing that all great kids' movies do, where it's got enough in there for adults as well to find funny and jokes that will go straight over some kids' heads. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just brilliant. And... So much great music in there. Jarvis Cocker obviously makes like a little cameo. Um, loads of stuff happens, but the song I'm going to play is by the Bobby Fuller Four, and it's called Let Her Dance. And I think it's a good one to get us off and running.
Harry, let's have your first pick. Right, so my first pick is actually probably one of my favourite films ever. Um, so the film... Well, the reason why I'm going for this is because it's an opening track for the start of the film. And this is my first song, so that makes sense, doesn't it? It does, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the film is Donnie Darko, and it, it was probably the first film I ever saw that wasn't like a, um, you know, a Hollywood film or something that you'd watch as a kid or, you know, yeah. Pixar or Disney like a or proper something cult like that. classic yeah. type. And film. I just remember being, oh, like, oh, films can be really, like, good yeah. <laughs> and dark and, like... They can leave you thinking, well, what? Like, yeah. I, 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 at the time, it was probably watching films that were begun, had a middle, and then had an end, and it was like, cool, you leave and you move on. But with some films, it's like, they leave you thinking. And, and I, I fell in love with those kind of psychological thrillers and psychological science, sci-fi films and all, all those kind of things. And the music in it is, again, perfect. They get it spot on throughout. We have, you know, it's set in the 80s. It's lots of 80s music. So you've got Joy Division. You've got uh, Tears for Fears, Duran Duran, um, The Cult. You know, you've got all of these kind of, these sounds that go with each scene. And they set the scene and they help do that. And um, it opens with a tune that is kind of synonymous with this opening mm-hmm. this is a song that's become well, obviously it was hugely popular first but it's maybe more popular with a certain other crowd because of this film okay um the song is the killing moon by echo and the oh. bunnyman oh okay yeah and no, it I mean, is because i i thought you were going to go for the obvious one just because you were talking about donnie darko what which is obviously mad world that, right that's yeah. the big hit that was like this anthem from it wasn't it but yeah. this is a much better song yeah, I love this song, and yeah. it, it it perfectly sets the tone, like like just perfectly. And um, it was probably my first foray into the world of music doing its thing within film. So I'm gonna play that. Nice, cool. Echo and the Bunnymen with the Killing Moon. So from hipster director number one to hipster director number two, we're going to Noah Baumbach at this stage, who um, I I was introduced to via, essentially via Girls, via Lena Dunham, which, as you know, that TV show is something that I love. It's, I think it's a bit divisive in some ways. Like Some people just don't yeah. get it or don't like it. Some people really um, <laughs> Yeah, and um, obviously in by the end of it, it, again, it started out quite sort of niche and indie, and it, by the end of it, it had become this huge thing, which was kind of debated to death everywhere on the internet. But I just thought was really funny and had these kind of really insightful moments yeah. um, about being young and uh, friendships and just sort of growing with people or growing apart from people, and how that sort of feels as you go through your twenties and trying to find your place in the world. Mm. Um, which and also, sorry, coincides with you growing up. In yeah, your 20s. yeah, yeah, like, completely. And I think I, you know, is why that sort of uh, fits so well for me. Um, and sort of from loving, I think maybe just the first series of Girls, or maybe the second as well. I, I went and thought, right, I want, I'd like to watch more things like that. Yeah. And um, one of the things I found was actually, I think, a much more interesting, a much more nuanced version of exactly that. It's a film called Francis Ha. Francis Ha. I don't really know how to say Francis because we don't really have that name here for Francis. girls. Francis. Oh, for a girl. It's like Francis. 
Francis. But I don't know how to say it in English. Who knows? Anyway. Um, in English. <laughs> in our Queen's English. Um, basically, it opens up. You're in New York. It's black and white. The whole film's black and white. Mm-hmm. You've got indie-looking chick. It's uh, Greta Gerwig, who's obviously like a bit of an indie icon actress. Um, like dancing on the side of the road, like being a bit weird. And straight away you think, right, this is this is right up my street. It's going to be weird. It's going to be indie. It's going to be hipster. Um, but then it's it basically just gives you like a snapshot of her life where, where she's like, she, a lot of her friends have just like uh, become sort of in relationships or started to get like quite, uh, you know, proper jobs and like establishing themselves. And she's still like a bit lost, doesn't really have a home, doesn't really know what she's doing with her life. And you just sort of see this kind of period where, of her life where she's just sort of trying to find her way and uh, how she grows and sort of moves apart from different people. It's quite a simple story. Not a huge amount happens, but for me, it's just like, that's the kind of thing that I like. Um, I think it's really interesting and really funny in a lot of ways. And um, as someone who doesn't uh, watch a lot of films, there's not, when I was thinking about this subject, there's not many like scenes in films that I can think of at the top of my head where I'd be like, do you know what? I loved that scene. That was so cool. And like the music in it really, really worked. Uh, but there's a certain bit in the right in the middle of this where she's just kind of like running down the street in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we both kind of love just the imagery of New York anyway. It's kind of totally yeah. enticing to us. But she's like, you see a lot of her like struggling with various things through the story. But then there's this moment where she's running down the street and David Bowie, Modern Love's playing. And it's like the music has just kind of lifted her out of all her worries and she's just enjoying herself. And she's like kicking her legs and like spinning around and like just being as ridiculous as she wants to be. Listening to this great tune, which is one of my absolute favourite Bowie songs, despite being one of the cheesiest things he ever made. Mm. I just think it's like a a classic, isn't it? Um, So yeah, this was one scene from one film that I just thought, yeah, that's, that's right up my street. And I very rarely find that in films. So I'm going to play that song, Um, David Bowie, Modern Love. David. David. You're up next. Cool. So, within the last kind of five minutes, uh, my idea has changed um, from what I was going to do next. Um, We're doing space now, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go through all of the the kind of films I was going to do, because my list for this was obviously was honestly, like, st- stupid, um, down to Toy Story, and like... <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. Um, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou was going to be my next choice, is from start to finish they kind of made music for it yeah. but this brought me on to a Coen Brothers film another Coen Brothers film that is more recent and we were talking about these films that um, kind of do nothing mm. and this just stood out for me I was also going to do Drive like it just goes on um, so the film is Inside Lewin Davis have you seen it? I've never been okay. <laughs> I think you'd like this okay uh, it is about a man who is a musician and it's basically about his struggle with growing up and trying to kind of follow his dream and being pushed back. And it's about his relationships with other people and what he's putting ahead of those relationships. And it's he has this cat with him the whole time as well. And he has this bond with the cat and it has a fantastic ending. And Spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Um, because I'd really like you to see it. But okay. it's it's obviously very musical. And so I believe it actually in my mix, there's a song by the Milk Carton Kids called uh, Snake Eyes, which is 
I think they were all there at the recording session for some of these songs, and that was one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. So go back and listen to that. But this is one that has actually, you have heard me do a version of oh, really? by accident. You, I'd given you my recorder, I think, with some stuff on it, and you <laughs> and I had some stuff on there. Yeah. So you might recognise it. Okay. The song is called Hang Me, Oh Hang Me, originally by Dave Vern Ronk. Yeah, I didn't know um, yeah. I can hear you singing. <laughs> um, and yeah, Isaac does a really, really good job with it. And I kind of fell in love with this guy after this film as well. Like he is, you know, he's a, he's a heartthrob. Um, the film, like you say, with other th- things is aesthetically like pleasing on the eye. The kind of the colors of the film, mm. even so droll and drab, like one of those words at least. Um, for some people, I know people that hate this film because it's a classic case of what did I just sit through? I just sat through kind of yeah. not a lot of dialogue and when it was just kind of boring. People think these films are boring, but I just think they're just masters, masterfully done. Um, so I'm going to play the Oscar Isaac version of Hang Me, Oh Hang Me. Nice. And it's beautiful. Lovely. Hang me, oh hang me. I'll be dead and gone Hang me, oh hang me I'll be dead and gone I wouldn't mind the hanging But the laying in the grave So long, poor boy Been all around this world I've been all Heartthrob, Oscar, Isaac, um, Tim, third, second, third, 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 and, third final. and final. I'm nearly out of here, guys. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, so for my third and final, I think I'm probably going for like the most well-known, like sort of mainstream film of them all. Mm. As I don't really know about like studios and budgets and things like that. If it's like a big film, but I think it might have been on like one of the um, like shortlists for Best Picture at the Oscars or something like that. I think. Don't really know. I don't know what you're going to pick. Uh, 2012, we're going back to for Beasts of the Southern Wild. Have you ever seen this film? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. It's Who's in it? Uh, Do you know anyone who's in it? No one that I, I know. But uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, but the, ma- the main um, character in it is like a six-year-old girl. And it's like the most unbelievable performance you could ever possibly imagine from a child. Um, so much heart and soul and just, like, passion in this little girl. She's incredible. I, I can't get my head around how someone like her can... Uh, someone her age, sorry, can deliver a performance like that. Um, it's basically about her and her dad. They live in, like, this remote um, community, uh, sort of off-the-grid um, and it's kind of about, I suppose, global warming, really, in a way. Um, about how they're they're in like the deep South of America, and because of rising water levels and storms and stuff like that, um, like they're basically no longer going to be able to inhabit their place in the world. And then it all all sorts of things happen. And I'm not going to ruin it for you, but I can't recommend it highly enough. I just think uh, one for her performance and two just for what an amazing, amazing, powerful film it is with real message. Um, and again, it just looks beautiful. There, there is a scene that you'll have definitely remember from the trailers, uh, if nothing else, where she's kind of running through a forest with like two sort of fireworks in her hands yeah. uh, in, at night. So you just see like these huge gold like <laughs> out of her hands. Um, while she's also doing... She's like, Again, this little girl, she does like a monologue thing over the whole of the film. It's unbelievable. Anyway, um, most of the soundtrack from it is, uh, like you say, like a score, like a custom-made score. But there's one particular song which, um, it just kind of, in some ways, it sounds like quite Irish, actually. Which it seems a bit odd for it to kind of conjure up um, the atmosphere of like this, this place that they live. But then I suppose, actually... Like the banjo and stuff like that. That kind of crosses over from like deep south yeah, in America, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's that kind of vibe. 
Mm. Um, but I think it's just one of those things that after seeing the film, it just kind of all those. It's like one of the. It, it definitely makes me cry. This film, like guaranteed to make me cry. Uh, and hearing this song when I listened to it earlier is like, oh god, like bringing back the emotion of the film and yeah it just feels really kind of um uh what's the word i don't know conjures up the film so the act is the lost bayou ramblers and the song is the bathtub which is where they live so here we go have a little cheeky listen have it the bathtub and as the finale to our little bath of a podcast harry give us the last song of your pickings right well i'm kind of glad i got the last song on this actually because it is the last song on a film that means uh, a lot to me um the film is very very famous and i'm sure people will know exactly why i'm picking this in terms of its music um so it's a film that I studied at college, and I studied it to the point of watching it about 19 times, <laughs> which, uh, you know, when it gets to a, a certain... You go through many stages, you're like, oh, this is great, so good, I'm going to watch it again. And then it gets to the point of, I'm going to die, <laughs> I hate this film, I want to really? throw it away and never see it again. And then on the 16th, 17th you're viewing, you're like, well, it's just part of me now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am this film. <laughs> Um, so you kind of get get through it and yeah I studied it kind of back to front and I didn't even really look into music it was actually later on that um, the music and stuff kind of started to mean more to me because that was when I was in my film stage of my life when I was like I'm going to do film stuff Um, so I'll firstly just name a couple of people that are in this thing and again this is one of the ones that the soundtrack just places you in the time um, Do we so know what the film is yet? No. Yeah, I'm going to say the film. Uh, the film is Fight Club. Okay. Okay. Um, so, a couple of names. You have LCD Sound System. Mm-hmm. You have Autobahn 66 with, uh, from Primal Sc- Scream. Primal Scream. Uh, Eels with Soul Jacker. Uh, then you've got The Breeders. Air. Moby. Some really good stuff in there. Classic. Very um, much that era. Yeah, exactly. Boiled down. Uh, the film, again, for me, was one of these ones where it was it left you like, what happened? And, like, obviously it can be over-analysed uh, yeah. to a certain degree. Um, and I won't get into the, the film because some people might not have seen it. I don't know whether I can say... I, <clears throat> I think... I think it's one we, of them the, things that everyone knows that Darth Vader's Luke's dad, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I think also the clue is in the first rule of Fight Club. Yeah. Don't talk about Fight Club. <laughs> What's the second rule? Don't give away the ending. No, isn't that isn't that a line from the film? Yeah. And isn't the second, second rule is also is don't talk, talk about, about Fight Club. Club. Yeah. So oh, I see. So I can't talk like, about Fight Club. Yeah, you're going to do a spoiler. Oh. Is where I feel like you might Okay, be I won't I won't spoil this. Although, anyone. who's really, like, even if, <laughs> I feel like if people haven't watched it by this stage, they're not going to. Okay. E.g. me. I mean, if you don't want to know this, um, then just end it here. Thanks for coming. Um, it's been nice. <laughs> right. Now, for those people who have seen it, obviously, this song plays a huge part in the end. And I'm not even massively going to ruin it anyway. <laughs> but the song is uh, Where It's My Mind by the Pixies. And... The it's probably one of the most famous endings to a film, one of the most talked about for so many years. Um, it's kind of filmmaking at its best. It's a plot twist that is one of the best. So well done. Have you seen Fight Club? Yeah, but like 
years and years and years ago. Okay. Like so long ago that I... Do you want a bit of ref- a refresher of the plot, or does it not really matter? I don't think we should go that far into it. Like, okay. if you, if you, I don't think you should spoiler it that much that you tell us exactly what happened. Spoiler it. <laughs> okay, well, all I'll say is Tyler Durden. Um, Tyler Durden, I don't know what I mean. <laughs> right, so, yeah, I'm closing it off with my third pick with Pixies Where's My Mind. It happens to be one of my favourite songs ever, anyway. But also, it closes this film perfectly. And... What more could you want? A good closing track means just as much as a good opening. Yeah. So, this is the Pixies with Where Is My Mind. So that is everything from us today. Obviously, there were tons and tons of films we couldn't get into. People, like, like, there's top tens of amazing films that yeah. obviously we can't. Get like, into. I've seen at least three more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say I'll put out a list, but I won't do it. So I'm not. I'm just. We're just going to end it here. Come and talk to me in person if you want to know any other thoughts on films. Yeah. But you've heard me talk about them so far, and you'll know that I'm probably not worth it. <laughs> um, so that is episode 74, done and dusted. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I've been Harry. And I've been Tim. And uh, we're going to leave today on a, strangely enough, a Hollywood blockbuster that did a really bloody good job with their soundtrack. No, um, <laughs> Absolutely not. Depends how the episode, I think the episode goes. <laughs> Maybe we'll end on that. Um... You'll hear it in the background, but uh, this is Hooked on a Feeling by Blue Swede from Guardians of the Galaxy. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Candy, its taste is on my.